0: with another episode of Pats from the Past. Matt Smith alongside with Brian Morey and uh, good news, Brian. We're now sponsored. We have a new sponsor. Yes. And we are proud to announce that who but WB Mason is a sponsor of the Pats from the Past podcast. WB Mason, your one-stop shop for all business needs. And the reason why we have a sponsor is they found out who our next guest is. They heard that our next guest is Patriot and Pro Football hall of famer andre Tippett. tip how you doing man i'm doing good thank you guys for having me man this
1: is uh, exciting part of this podcast this is
0: our first pro football hall of famer it's our first pro football hall of famer who better to have than the great andre Tippett? who better to have than that
1: more you can do i uh i am always looking to help so tip (laughs) let's
0: start let's get started um and, and let me ask you this what did you know, if anything? Now, you grew up on the East Coast or in the Northeast Corridor, so you're not like a kid from California who literally doesn't know where New England is. Or Louisiana, is. as right. the case may be. I, I, right. What did you know about New England when you got drafted by him?
1: I, I get the question all the time, and I tell you, the the, the first thing that came to mind when I uh, was drafted was Grogan Heroes. And, you know, I, I once saw a game, and I swear I only saw like one game in – and the announcers were saying, you know, they were like, you know, Grogan's heroes. And I'm, I'm watching, and, and Grogan's out there running around like he's the halfback. And, and I was like, wow, I'm, I'm, I'm going to uh, New England Patriots. I said, well, I'll be close to
2: Jersey, and uh, that's pretty cool. Well, you were a second-round pick. At that time, did you expect to be a first? Did you? I mean, obviously, you probably hoped, but did you expect to be a first? And were you disappointed? I, I, I expected
1: to be a first-round pick. I was disappointed that I wasn't. I truly was. I knew that. Uh, it was funny. I knew mm, the teams that I wanted to play for were all toward the end. They had the Dallas Cowboys, Pittsburgh Steelers, and uh, it was uh, the, the Raiders. I actually bought a two eighty ZX. A black and silver and black 280ZX, thinking that, you know, I'm going to ride into to Oakland with, uh, you know, my 280Z. But um, he sold it to Antonio Brown, who wrote it in this year. <laughs> yeah. I started getting nervous um, on, uh, obviously, the second day of the draft because the, the first day went by and my teammate Ron Hostrom went before me and everybody that was in my apartment took off to go to him and I was (laughs) sitting around like a a, a jaded bride man and I'm like are you kidding me and uh, the next day I get a call from the Steelers and they were you know quizzing me on um you know would you have a problem playing defensive end uh Elsie Greenwood is getting ready to retire we kind of see you in that role and all of a sudden I'm freaking out I'm like um I'm not playing no defensive end. I said, I'm an outside linebacker. And I said, well, I got to tell you, I said, I, I don't think I'll play the position. Were they playing a 3-4? They were playing a, 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 a yes, 3-4 at the time. Yeah, it was. And uh, it, it frightened me. And then I said, well, I guess after I hung up, I said, I guess they won't be uh, doing anything. And then I remembered Rod Russ had worked me out, grabbed me out of class. And he was still with uh, Kansas City at the time, and I figured you know Kansas City would come in late and do something, and uh, uh, nothing. And and then I was counting on uh, the Cowboys, and they ended up grabbing, I think Rod Hill, defensive back, who played for a year and a half, maybe two there, and so all my all my picks were gone. So I didn't didn't know what to expect. I didn't see New England coming. So who called?
0: Was it Bucko? Was it Dick Steinberg? It was Ron Myers. Ron Ron Myers
1: got on the phone. Hey, Andre, this is Ron Myers. We just want to let you know we've taken you in the second round, and we got two more picks coming up. And uh, I was like, okay, all right, all right. And so I was off the hook uh, as far as, you know, people being in my apartment, the reporters there, and, uh, you know, the draft is on, man. I said, you know, now... Uh, I know where I'm going.
0: So we've heard throughout the years, you know, and famously a guy who you work with, Tom Brady, you know, used uh, 199 sixth round as a piece of motivation. Were you pissed enough that you didn't go in the first round? Were you pissed enough that, oh, how come the Cowboys didn't draft me? Who I thought, how about the Steelers didn't draft me? How about the Raiders, the Patriots? Who are the Patriots? Did that motivate you when you came here? Uh,
1: A little bit. It, it, It did because, you know, I obviously my teammates were, Two teammates were taken before me: uh, Ken, Kenny Sims, first pick in the draft, and then uh, uh, Lester Williams was taken because uh, we had two first-round picks in, in that, that year. And um, but when I got here, I kind of understood what was going on. They were trying; they were building something, and I immediately kind of saw what was going on and how they were trying to put things together. They cut some people; some people. Had had been traded, and you know they had all these draft picks, and so I could see the bigger picture of what, <clears throat> excuse me, eventually uh, they were looking for. But I was still looking around at the two first-round draft picks, and I'm like, I gotta outplay these guys every opportunity that I get, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna be in somebody's face uh, as far as trying to get out on the field, trying to get reps, and just. With
0: with the advent, by the way, of 2020 hindsight, is it funny to hear Andre Tippett talking about, you know, I got to outplay Kenny Sims, you know, uh, known as Game Day. And Lester Williams was a tremendous talent from yeah. University of Miami, right? Absolutely. But listening to Tip like as a kid going, oh, I better outplay these guys. How'd that work out? You know, <laughs> how'd that work out?
2: Well, and, and there's a quote from Ron Meyer, Matt, when Andre Tippett hits someone. They stay hit. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. I like that. <laughs> that makes me laugh. Oh man, <laughs> we had some
1: good times. We got some good times. It was uh, you know you know eighty two was a short lived season. You know, right. People forget that. Right. You know, we were only uh, eight games played because everybody made we had the tournament. Strike. Right. Yeah, we were in the tournament. We uh, we 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 had a strike and that freaked me out too, man. I was like, I just got in the car and a, and I had a townhouse and I'm I'm like, man. I said I might lose my house and <laughs> like what's going on. I'm gonna stop painting
2: houses over here <laughs> to make the make the pay the bills.
0: Um, so you've been a part of this organization, Andre, for thirty-seven years. I think I'm right—thirty-seven continuous years—and we'll get to that in a little bit. But thirty-seven years ago, a long time ago, there's kids, my kids especially. They have no idea what the Patriots were like back in 1982. What was the culture like back here at that time, Tim? Man,
1: well. You know, obviously, we were trying to we were trying to change things. We were trying to, you know, they were, we were trying to win. Uh, we had a lot of guys on the team that had had some success there early part of the seventies. You know, John Hanna, uh, uh, Steve Nelson, uh, Grogan, and uh, it was um, we, were, we were building a team and we were trying to be competitive. Um, you know, it, it's, it's funny. You don't know what the grass is like on the other side until, you know, you hear about it from somebody else. So, you know, for instance, uh, obviously training camp was at Smithville at, at, at Bryant college. And then when we get here, we, you know, we got the stadium and, you know, I used to laugh because some guys that I played with were talking about how their college stadium was bigger <laughs> than our game stadium. And, and like, oh, by the way, practice field, y'all got to get in your car and you got to drive over to the practice field and and lunch. Go do what you got to do for lunch. And a lot of us would run down the street, grab a sandwich, come back and get dressed, get ready to go out. And it was our routine. And so we adjusted. We competed. We, 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 we had meetings. There were things going on that... Sometimes you you you'd question equipment wise. It's funny, and you know, I tell the guys now, so you guys have no idea how hard it was for us back in the day just to get a pair of socks. I walk by these guys' lockers now, and it looks like a, a, a Foot Locker they there with all the stuff that they got. They got twenty pairs of shoes, and they got the clothing, and and you know we we had a jock strap, and we had a pair of sock, uh, socks that I used to have to put a rubber band or. Tape some white white tape around the. And God up.
0: forbid you needed another pair of socks, right? God,
1: God forbid if I needed a pair for a game, right? Or a pair of shoes for a game, right? And I, you know, I don't hit anybody while they're while they're down. And people have passed since then, but it was it was different. I mean, I literally got into an argument an hour before kickoff
0: because I was looking for a pair of socks and I wanted to change shoes. And so, I mean, as a comparison, University of Iowa. Okay, I mean, back in the day, even in nineteen, I know it's an arms race now today, but you had more access to stuff as a collegiate player, probably than as a pro player. You're probably sitting there going, "Hey, why am I going backwards and I'm getting paid?"
1: Yeah. Anything you needed, anything you needed. It was, it was, it was, it was a, it was a comedy of errors at, at, at times uh, when it came, and that stands out a lot because. You hear other guys, you know, we go to the Pro Bowl or something, like, hey, man, you guys got a bunch of stuff in your bag to give out and trade with people. You know, I tell our guys, hey, can I take some stuff with me? I want to, you know, uh, we, we can't. We, we, what, what, what you need? I, I, I like to take some stuff with me. and. <laughs> but, you know, you get the Hawaii and you look around and guys would have bags full of T-shirts and shorts. You didn't get no
2: ice cream. <laughs> and
1: hats. And, you know, we in there. So all I could trade was my helmet and my jersey. And I get back here and they like, tip, got your bag back from uh, Pro Bowl. Where's your helmet in Jersey?
0: And I'm like, huh? unbelievable.
1: I said, what? I said, somebody must have stolen. He said, well, somebody else's <laughs> helmet is in here. Why is that? Why is uh, LT's helmet in here? Why you got Eric Dickinson's helmet in here? Why, what, what? Wally? Who's Wally you <laughs> <laughs> do,
0: do Do the players today? When you talk to the kids who are playing today, tip. And you, that's that has to come up at some point. In time does it?
1: Occasionally, you know, when I'm sitting around joking with some of the guys, and you know, and, and you know, versus what it was like when I was coming through, and how was the atmosphere? What was the culture like? And you know, different things like that. Then I'll I'll give them a lot of the. Do they the, believe
2: you? They just shake the head. They yeah, like, say, you got to be kidding me, right? Yeah. So, Andy, what impact does that have? Does that stuff have on on field performance? For for us. It, it, we were tough,
1: mentally tough enough that we didn't let it bother us because we were mentally tough to know that, you know what, once we get out on the field, the whistle's blown and it's time to play football, we put all that stuff aside. But we just we, we knew what we were up against. We knew that things were limited. Uh, we knew that, um, you know, we, we, we were around people, that were set in their ways. I mean, you you don't see it much now, but back in the day, you saw guys that were equipment managers and trainers that had already been in the league 30-something years, and they kind of, you know, the, the owners are, nothing's going to ever happen to those guys.
2: Nowadays, you know, Bill Belichick can come into a situation, right, and he can say, this is what I want for my players, for my team, and he's fortunate enough here to have an owner that, that helps him do that stuff. When Ray Berry replaces Ron Meyer as your head coach, does he have the ability to come in and demand changes, or is it status quo as far as that goes? Because Billy Sullivan's the owner, and and this is the way it is. Uh, I I
1: think uh, yes, it, it was. Uh, you know, Bill was. I mean, uh, uh, Coach Barry was was sort of that player coach. So he kind of knew um, he made the atmosphere around here a lot better. It, it was uh, right away. Yeah. Very professional. And, uh, but yeah, we, the, the, the other, the other stuff that we're talking about, the the, the amenities, it was what it was. And right. there was nothing that we could do about it, but the attitude changed. Uh, we, 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 Saw immediately. This is interesting, and we're hearing things and we're seeing things and we're, and we're we're buying into, to 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 the little things that Coach Barry, believed that we all should do. You know, little things like you know we everybody had putty, everybody had to have putty, in the meeting rooms. You had to play with putty to keep your fingers strong, because we were starting guys were having finger injuries and stuff like that. And, hmm. You know, in the beginning, we were like, Man, what the what, what is he talking? But you know what? There was a valid point to it. It, it, it became uh, such a thing that guys were grabbing extra putty, putting them in their bags, go home, and, you you know, when you're sitting around watching TV, you play with putty to keep your fingers strong. Um, you know, all of a sudden, we got to scoop and block punts and practice. Ooh, why do we got to do all that stuff? Well, all of a sudden, we start blocking punts. All of a sudden, someone fumbles the ball. It's not new to us. Everybody's scooping, bending, grabbing, scoring, and we're making points. And all of a sudden, okay, now we know why everybody in training camp got to line up and four or five lines and block punch every day and, and different things like that.
0: And what better way to really express that tip than that run in 1985? You know, when, um, you know, you scoop and score in the uh, L.A. Coliseum against right. the Raiders. Um, and 17
2: spo- takeaways in right. those three playoff games. Right. Yep. And,
0: and everybody's spoiled here. You know, everybody's crying in their beer about, um, you know, they can't believe that they, you know, didn't automatically get, you know, um, exalted into the AFC championship game like they have for the last eight years. But you can be, you're the living, breathing monument to the fact that you were with the first team. That went to the first Super Bowl. You were on the wild card team. You had to win three games in order to get to the Super Bowl. Remind three road fans, games. right? Remind fans, what was that magical ride like, Tim? It, it was
1: the m- most unbelievable ride I've ever been on. I mean, I had great moments at Iowa, being the first to go to the Rose Bowl, win the Big Ten championship. High school, I went to two state championships. But getting here, you know, it's like that ultimate – I mean, I sat – I must have sat and watched every uh, Steeler Super Bowl or every Cowboys Super Bowl. And then here I am playing National Football League, and we are in the playoffs, and we're talking about things. And, you know, it didn't bother us the fact that we knew we were a wild card team. The fact that we were in it, and it was like we, we, we wasn't afraid of anything. And – Believe it or not, we had lost to the Jets regular season. We had lost to uh, the Raiders during the season. We had lost obviously to Miami uh, that Monday night game, yeah, right at the end of the season. And uh, your so, 18th straight loss at the Orange Bowl. A- absolutely. So you know, but it was like it, Raymond Berry had us so geeked up, and and, and the uh, Miami Monday night game,
0: he stood up.
1: In the locker room, we had just come in. It was a close game. I believe we lost twenty.
0: Right at the end, twenty. Yeah, they were all gut wrenchers uh, yeah, yeah. down there.
1: It was a three point. I think it was like a you know difference three points or whatever. And he stood up in front of us, and he had that he had a finger that was broken from his receiver days. <laughs> and he stood up and he, and he and he did one of these moves here and he just said to us, he says, "Men, I just want to say one thing to you guys, and one thing only, and I want you to hear me." He says, we've been delayed, but I'm telling you guys, we're not, we will not be denied. And we're looking at him like, wow. You know, you, you think about exactly what he said, and we all heard it. And lo and behold, we're in the wild card. So we're playing the Jets. And we go there, and we play them totally different than what we had played them during the regular season. We put a beating on them. We got after the quarterback and again turnovers. You got Mm. some scooping scores. Yep. We go to the Raiders. Again, everybody's talking about they hyping the Raiders and Marcus Allen. And you know, they're gonna you know, they're gonna and, and Howie Long gonna beat us to death out there and 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 and. Uh, and that almost yeah. did beat somebody to yeah, death. Yeah. Well, we told <laughs> we told Pat Sullivan to stay with us, man. You stay with the backers, man. We got your back. But No, he goes wandering off and do his own thing and get coke up. But uh, we do it. Um, we finally get to the AFC Championship game, and I'm listening to one of the coaches as we're as we are departing off the airplane in Miami. And he's telling the receivers, look, we're going to probably change some things this week and and get ready for the game. We're going to need you guys to block a little bit more. So I'm looking at Stanley Morgan, Irvin Fryer, Cedric uh, 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 Jones, Stefan Starr. And they all got that look like, man, you must be out of your damn mind. You think we're going to be blocking, man? We're going to be, we're going to be catching the ball. And all of a sudden it rains. Phil is drenched, so to have that that hindsight, Raymond Berry has already done his work. He knows that you know none of us check weather. We 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 coming to Miami, so all of a sudden it rains like crazy. We end up
2: running the ball for like 255 yards. Or right. Yeah,
1: right, and it,
0: it was like.
2: I think wow. Easton might have thrown twelve passes. in the Absolutely, game. Lynn Dawson Absolutely.
0: touchdown. Yeah, and I remember guard rest his soul, Mosi at the end. <coughs> you know when he scored at the yep. end, and we
1: utilized a running game. Yeah, and lo and behold, you know the the, the receivers. It was funny. It was the funniest thing because I saw the look on Stanley Morgan's face like, man, this is the AFC Championship. We're going to air this thing out, man. And I'm like, ah, well. <laughs> And you look back on all that stuff, though, you know, we, we squished the fish and we, we, we closed the, the orange bowl out. And uh, it, it was an amazing, 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 amazing. Now, I thought we were going to at least have two or three more opportunities to return.
0: Well, you let's well, before we get to the return part, let me ask you this. So you guys are flying high. Three straight road wins, takeaways, scooping scores, bury the bears with the T-shirts that were everybody had to have. I remember having one as a kid.
2: I had did you
0: legitimately shirt. think you had a shot against them?
1: We did because we had played the Bears second, third game of the season in Tw- Chicago, twenty to seven. Yeah, twenty, 20 to seven. I mean, I right. well, we wasn't on our game. We were still, you know, we had a we we had a, a come to Jesus opportunity during that season when that happened because we 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 woke up. You know, we went on a six game winning streak after we played Cleveland, and. Um, so in our mind, Chicago Bears—they beat us twenty. We you know twenty to seven, and hey, we ain't no big thing. We are gonna play them different. They don't know what, what, what what's coming their way. Well, we weren't paying attention to the Bears and how they were wrecking everybody in the, in the, in the NFC, and how they were knocking people out left and right, knocking quarterbacks out. So we we didn't have a clue. But, yes, we we thought that we were going to come into that game. And Miami had beaten them at the end of the season. Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: Stopped them from being undefeated. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So I'm like, it's not like guys are going to be coming out in this game with sledgehammers in their pocket knocking us out. But they came out in that game with sledgehammers
2: in their pocket, and they started pumping us. I remember, so you get the first turnover, right? Peyton fumbles. It's, here we go again. Takeaways. That close pass at the goal line to Fryer that I think Gary Fencek maybe broke up. Or, I was
0: sitting in the stands in that end zone coming okay. our way.
2: And then when Tony Franklin comes out and gives the Patriots a 3 nothing lead, I'm watching in my living room and it says like – in the first nineteen Super Bowls, the team that scores first is some great record and I'm yeah. like, Yes. It's, that's us. We're yeah. gonna do <laughs> yeah. it. Did, and didn't then Dawson it was 40, break his leg 46? on that series? Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, yes. Right. So so they
0: incomplete to Morgan, yep. out to Lynn Dawson, he broke his leg, right. uh, slowed the game down for a while, didn't get a completion on third down, had to kick the field goal to make it three to nothing. Right. So hindsight's always perfect tip. It's twenty twenty. And you're saying, Yeah, we had a shot against the Bears, the only beat is twenty to seven. When you look back on it now, and you're a student of the game and a student of the history of the game, as we celebrate the 100th year of the National Football League, when you look back at that 85 team, nothing about the score or anything like that. Right. Can you look back and say, that's a hell of a team? That well, might have been the best team we've, I've ever played against.
1: That was a hell of a football team. They, they, There wasn't a guy on that team that you wouldn't want playing with you. There isn't a guy that you wouldn't want to play with that was on that team because – Everybody, even f- from the DBs, they were contributing. The D lineman was just raising hell and just intimidating people. And the linebackers were just blowing people up. So everybody was making stuff happen. Yeah, Buddy buddy Ryan called a great, great, great game. But he had the players because the players were out there and they were making guys shaking their boots. Guys were afraid I, I, at some point. You look, Somebody, a lot of people were afraid that game. Is that the best front seven? You've ever seen that I've personally ever seen other than you know watching back, you know, during some of the the the, the stiller days, um, or in, in the doomsday defense, uh, they were right there, mm. right there.
0: That's a hell of a compliment. Um, all right, before I ask you this, one other thing the Super Bowl shuffle, in my opinion, one of the greatest songs. I can't believe they had <laughs> the balls to come out and put that out before the end of the regular season. And that rotten, the Patriots are we. Not only did they beat you on the field, but the Super Bowl Shuffle was a great song with that team. As That's opposed a good to good songs in
2: '85, though, uh, besides that one, the
0: Patriots and we was awful.
2: We had there was beat on the Bears. You know there but was the, these uh, guys
0: are involved in that Patriots are we. Remember Dino Lynchy, yeah. Bob Lobel? Right that one was bad. That's
2: the awful. one you can find online still. Right,
0: but the Super Bowl Shuffle, man, that was cool. I thought
2: they uh,
1: we, we did. You know, as you look at it and you still see it today, you know, you're like. Actually, it was pretty cool. You it know, was. Like, you don't want to give them the benefit of the doubt, but you have to say it, it, it really was cool. Right. Uh, Steve Moore, who was one of our, our teammates, yeah. he's no longer here, uh, was telling me the funniest story that week down in uh, in New Orleans because him and Richard Dent went to school together. Okay. So all of a sudden, they're together, and, and they're talking, and, 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 and Steve asks uh, Dent something, and Dent says, well, hmm. I, don't, I, I really don't know what I'm gonna do, man. He says, I'm trying to figure out if I'm gonna go back to Chicago for the parade. I might I might show up at this place with you, but I'm not. And so Steve Moore is looking at what, what the fuck are you talking about? And then here it is like on a Monday, Tuesday. <laughs> He telling him, I don't know if I'm gonna go back to Chicago for the parade. And Steve Moore gets back and tells us this man, and like we, it makes us even more fired up. Right, fuck, dude, who they think they are? Right, they go what? Right. I said I'm gonna knock McMahon out. I'm gonna I'm gonna hurt somebody. And it was, but yeah, I tell Dent that story every time I see him uh, just that. to make him laugh because him and Steve Moore were really really close friends. That's
0: funny. That's
1: funny. So,
2: so then Andre, let's let's kind of go to the negative side. It seems like through Patriots history. Every time there was something great, it would crash down. You guys get back from the Super Bowl, and the Globe releases this story about a drug scandal. Did that just take the wind out of the sails?
1: It did. It did. It, did. it, it, it And it caused a little dissension. Not that anybody was calling anybody out or you just, you know, you kind of looked at guys differently, you know, because we all talked about, you know, I'll go down a dark alleyway with you any day. I'll trust in, that you got my back. And then, you know, it's like, well, we wasn't 100% committed to this game because if this stuff is is out there, I can only imagine what the week was like. So you start – pointing fingers and second-guessing who was doing what and I mean, maybe why this is why he didn't play that well or why he was having problems and he was dropping balls and he couldn't, you know, do this and do that. And and that's what happened. I, and for me personally, I was getting calls from family. You know, how, is your name going to be on that list? And I'm like, what are you talking about? Because I had left from there to go to Hawaii right after the, pro, right after the mm. Super Bowl. And I, I had heard it. And so it, it, it broke my heart. A little bit, yeah. because it, it, it was it was like, you know, we worked too hard for what we accomplished. Although we didn't win the Super Bowl, we worked really hard that year to to see this thing through, and then to come back and get slapped in the face with that story, uh, it, it was
0: it was it was tough. I'll share a story as a 23 year old kid who went to the game, didn't have a nickel to rub together, but a college roommate was a Chicago Bear. Sees a ticket holder and called me at halftime of the Miami game and said, you know, I've got your ticket to go to the Super Bowl. I said, are you kidding me? They haven't won in Miami for a thousand years. Why are you jinxing me? I hung up on the guy. They win. I end up going down to New Orleans. They lose. And I couldn't get out on Monday, so I left on Tuesday. I wake up early to, to fly home, and I get into my car at Logan. And I'm listening to the old WBCN on the radio, right. and they're talking about what a tragedy, and they're saying this is one of the worst things we've ever seen happen. And I'm saying, geez, you know, it's a for 46 to 10 game, and I, you know, I know about the stuff that came out with these guys on drugs, and it's really bad. But geez, they're really making a big deal about it. Chris McAuliffe and the uh, space shuttle right. had exploded that oh, day, okay. and I had no idea hey, yeah. about that. But I was,
1: of course, because yeah, yeah. I'm just
0: a nitwit. The only right, right. thing I'm thinking about is the it's Patriots. The yeah, absolutely, you know, absolutely. Did it piss you off, Tip? that they named names, and they put those seven guys' pictures right on the front page of the Globe. And, you know, you guys had to answer for that. I remember talking to Nelly about that, and people coming to Nelly's house knocking on his door, and he was out of his mind, like, why did you have to name these guys? Why do I have to answer for him? Right, right.
1: And and you're right. It was uh, was wrong for them to do that because at that time it was was private. No one knew. So someone gave someone up and it was the typical that, you know, whoever, whoever did that was, 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 it it was mean spirited. And obviously somebody was out to get us for whatever reason or get a particular few players that were named. And, uh, it, 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 it bothered us for a long time and, 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 and I think guys never forgot it. And so people were treated a little differently whenever they walked into the locker room, uh, the next few years yeah. or so and and, and you know you, you'd hear guys and, and, and so it reverberated a little bit yeah it, it did it did it, and it was wrong to, to, to do that and it, it was funny I kind of knew a guy or two but I didn't realize that it was such a large number mm. and it was you know it, it was it was interesting
2: you mentioned not making it back did that have do you think that factored into not making it back to the Super Bowl especially with that group?
1: Yeah, I, I I would I would say um, a little bit because you know you know from both you guys know from our success here from the successes of those ten Super Bowl trips the commitment that the players have to make and I I talked to this I talked to my son a lot about the commitment and. To get eleven on defense, offense, special teams being on the same page, you know how hard that is, mm-hmm. and given what what they have now, it's totally different back then. You're trying to convince a lot of strong-willed, strong-minded guys. I right, we, we we gotta we gotta band together, and we gotta figure out how we're gonna, you know, we're gonna repeat what we did in '85, and then this time we're gonna win when we go there. And it was, you know. Yeah, we were, what, playoff games the next two, two or three years. But it was, something was missing. Something was missing. And, you know, you can't put a finger on it right then and right then and there. But uh, it, it, it was a different team. I didn't recognize it then until later on. But when I was in it, it was like, okay, we can do this. This, this is going to, but you don't know what the individuals are going to do, how, how strong will they are, how beaten they are because they let something, you know, like the article that was there or who else, somebody else is probably threatening them that, you know, if you do this and you're going to get cut and, and you know, if we find out you're doing drugs or whatever, you know, you got a lot of stuff going on.
0: You're listening to uh, Pats from the Past podcast with Patriots Hall of Famer and Pro Football Hall of Famer Andre Tippett. It's brought to you by who but WB Mason, who delivers all of your business essentials for free. With no minimum order, break room, furniture, facilities, maintenance, office supplies, and so much more. For the fastest delivery of business products, nobody does it better than who but W.B. Mason. Okay, Tip, just playing off of what you just said there for a second. Robert's talked, I think ever since this team won in 2001, about the jealousies about, well, I want more money now that we won the Super Bowl. Well, I should be getting a promotion and everything like that. That's what you're talking about. I mean, Absolutely. The, clearly the drug scandal had an effect, but it's hard to keep everybody tied together because, well, wait a minute, I was just on the AFC championship team. I, I should want be, mine. I, I, should, I want mine. Right. And it's, it's an insidious thing, but it's human nature that everybody thinks they're the reason why you had so much success. And to your point, how do you keep – 11 times three for the three units. How do you keep 45 or 53 guys together? It's not easy, regardless of the era, is it? Right. No, nah, it is. It, it, it's tough.
1: You know, the 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 only way that <laughs> – it's funny. The minute you said that, something popped in my head. And the only way you can equalize that or e- equate it is uh, by having a good draft. And you think about how we drafted
0: after that. Reggie Dupard, first-round pick. Yeah,
1: so <laughs> One-yard Dupard. If you're drafting and you're bringing in guys that, you know, Pushing for, guys. The, for the people that, I, I, I need more money. I'm not happy with my plan. Well, time. and John all retired. Some, yeah. So you got guys coming in that are pretty good and all of a sudden you look and you're like, hey, I got to get my stuff. I'm really not worried about my contract right now. I got this dude that's pretty good. I better step my game up. That, I believe, would have equate – the issues sure, um, but you know, and,
0: you, you look at the draft picks, you know, it's, it's right there. And the instability yeah. tip I yeah. mean, you played for five coaches in your career, and you can look at this and marvel at guys. You know, obviously, Tom's an anomaly, you know, playing for the same guy for 20 years, but that instability, you know, and I, I we can talk about the instability of the franchise and the ownership. Are you going to get a second pair of socks after you go to the Super Bowl? Right. That doesn't help. Um, and it isn't conducive to building a winner, is it? Right. No, no, not
1: at all. Not at all. And I mean, it, 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 uh, the five coaches. I mean, I, you know, I told someone, I said, I played for five coaches and I think three owners. And it was, uh, I didn't realize the instability. You know, you heard things here and there, but it was like, you know, my check was still being <laughs> delivered to the bank my my contract had been honored so i'm like well how can we have well i don't know everything that goes goes with it but you know again you're looking back and you're like wow it was yep. that
0: bad but when you're when you're in hawaii and you were in hawaii for many years you're at the pro bowl and you see how the other half lives yeah. that had to be eye opening oh it was it was i mean i i used to have guys that used to tell me
1: you know hey man won't you do something to get 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 cut or get traded or will not you ask for a trade? And I'm, and I'm looking at these guys. I'm like, I, I can't do that. I, I'm, I didn't say it, but I'm looking at them like, what are you, soft? But, you know, if I had to think about it, put me in that situation again, maybe I, hey, I want to get traded. Right. You know, maybe I could have pulled a Mike Haynes or something and, 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 and got out of here. But you're not guaranteed to get to where you want. Back then they used to threaten you to send you to Siberia. <laughs> and, and, you know, like Minnesota at that time or, or, you know, Indianapolis or one of those places, and it was like, so I'm going to keep my mouth closed and, 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 and not make an make a issue.
2: Well, the last of your five coaches was Bill Parcells. Right. Two-time Super Bowl champion head coach. He comes in, changes everything. I mean, you went from Dick McPherson,
1: <laughs> you know,
2: yeah. God love Coach Mac, cheerleading on the sideline. Absolutely. To Bill Parcells. What was yeah, that like?
1: It, it was,
2: uh, you
1: know what it is. It's like everybody knows Bill Parcells. I want to play for Bill Parcells, and all of a sudden I'm like, oh man, we got Bill coming in. This is going to be cool. And it, for me personally, it was none of that. And it was, it was. He pushed. He pushed everybody, which is okay. You know, it was a different type of man. It was a different type of head coach that I had. I'd been around, and you know, he was. Uh, it, it was. You could see him changing the guards. I'm moving people out of the way. I don't even shit who it is. I'm going to step over you. Uh, and, and and I'll still. I'll never forget to this day that, you know, it was Vincent Brown. He stopped practice one day. Had Vincent Brown come up. Now I'm on the team. I'm in my twelfth season. I thought I was a pretty good leader, and I'm you know I try to lead by example. And he said right in front of everybody, Vincent Brown, this is your team now. I need you to show some leadership. But blah, blah blah blah. And I'm sitting up there like you mother, what the? F-? And I'm like pissed. And I'm look. I, I said, all right, okay, cool. So now I'm a little bit different now, and 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 so. I'm in training camp and I'm asking for an afternoon off because
0: veterans I'd, afternoon
1: off. I've been there 12 years. I watched Julius Adams, John Hanna, Steve Grogan, all those guys. Second, third week into training camp, you know, hey, veterans, just come out in your shorts and, and T-shirt and just chill. I'm I'm looking for this. I'm like... So I go to Bill. I'm like, "Hey, uh, you know, uh, what's your rule on uh, veterans and you know, you know, give him a little." Look? He looks right at me. He's like, uh, "What are you talking about?" I said, "Well, you know, I'm, I'm in my 12th year, and you know, I'm, I'm 33, 34. I'm, I'm up there, and I, you know," he, he said, "What's wrong with you? you? You, you hurt?" I'm like, "No. What are you talking, about? Bill? I've been dancing every goddamn dance out there. What are you talking about hurt?" I said, "Yeah, I'm just." I'm just looking for a little little love, man. And he looked at me like, nah. Hey, look, I can't tell you what to do, but if you think you need to take a day off, feel free to take a day off and you do your thing. And I looked at him and I walked away. I said, mother, I said, fuck you. And I walked away. i like, screw you. And I walked away and I just, I finished up training camp, you know, practicing every day like everybody I said I'm like, damn, I said I saw all these guys do that. Now here it is my opportunity. Do you think the Vincent Brown comments he was trying to push your buttons? No, no. I it was it was we were where we finish, five and
0: five
1: and eleven. Five and eleven. We you know we we he he's trying to figure out who can play. Um, and he
0: was changing the
1: culture. We talked
0: earlier about what was the train, culture when train, you first came train, there.
1: Train, train, trying to change it. And he to needed it. to
0: change the culture to what he believed the culture should be, which I, might, by the way, not have not agreed include, with you. Yeah, not include me. Right. And uh, it, 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 was, it
1: was it was, strange. It was, it was, I'm like, so I'm looking, I love Vincent Brown to death. I'm like, so you're going to put him in front of me? Yeah, I'm trying to be the. You know, I'm trying to be the leader. I'm trying to do all the things. I'm, I'm practicing. I ain't been hurt. I'm, I'm going 100 miles an hour. I'm like, so why do you? And, but I knew his background too, so I knew that. Uh, I knew Martin uh, at the Giants. Mm-hmm. I knew Harry Carson at the Giants at some point. I'm like, so why am I different from those guys? I said, and then. We were like, I'm thinking, we're both Jersey guys. You know, you're from Jersey, I'm from Jersey. This is how you treat your, your homeboy? And I, I took offense to it, man. I was like, fuck. I said, you're going to put Vincent Brown in front of me. You're going to call him out and anoint him. And I'm like, we saved his goddamn job a few years ago. They were going to cut him. We said, no, 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 this kid's a good football player. He, you can't, no, 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 no. His kid can play. I said he just you know hadn't been in, in in the system like like he's been with us. I said, but this is a good football player. So here it is. Fast forward six seven years later, he's stepping up and they're anointing him the the, the king and the leader. And and
0: I'm there. So this is my last year. And did you was that decision made then? When it or did you see the writing on the wall then?
1: Uh, it, this was like the it was like the second or third. Third game of the season when he when he did this, and I was just I just said you know I think it's gonna be short lived, and I'm probably not gonna be around much longer, and, and my contract was up, so right. I'm I'm going somewhere, I'm leaving, I'm going somewhere else. I said I think I got two or three years left in me, so I'm gonna to talk to my agent in the Witt, and all seasons over with. But uh, you didn't. I didn't. How come? Uh, Robert Kraft. Robert Kraft. It was uh, it was amazing. Um, season was over with. Didn't know he was buying the team until after everything was over with. But he had bought the team and he had come to me and he says, you know, I know your your your, your contract is up and we're gonna we'll we'll do. There's a couple of things on the table. You can we'll negotiate and finish up your career here, or we have an opportunity you come in the front office if you like it. Take a week to think about it. Let us know. So all of a sudden now, those <laughs> bumps and bruises that are bothering me, the neck, and, you know, I don't feel right. And I'm like, you know what? I am I think I like I, – I had kind of been eyeing an opportunity because they had never really been a former player to walk off the field and come in the front office, not on any of the teams that I knew about. Now, obviously, they did something with Darrell Stingley, but that was just, you know, sure. that was different. Um, but i had been keeping my eye on that. And and I think Robert had got wind of that, that, you know, I would probably like the opportunity to, to work in the front office. And so I chose to take the gig in the front office. I saw what was happening with Bill. And I think if I had to do all over again, I probably would have tried to play two, three more years dual contract someplace else nah here he had offered bill that tried to negotiate and told me what was left in the cap and how much he was going to offer me and, and the everything. cap was new that year cap was new that year
0: so do you think then so you get smacked in the face from him not literally but in the, like you're saying that second or third week and and maybe what's going through your head is you know what i know where jersey guys but i'm not one of his guys right i'm not one of his guys did you come around maybe by the end of the year and go, you know what, I don't know that I'm one of his guys, but I still think I can play for him, and I think he respects me enough that he knows that I can play for him? Right. No, I,
1: I I knew I could play. I knew I didn't want to play for him Okay. anymore. And I was talking to my agent, and it was like, you know, Carolina, it was just coming around. She, said, we can work out. I'll call around. And, what do you want to do? And so we talked about that for a little bit. And then, you know, it just kept circling back to that opportunity uh, coming into the front office. And I just – after it was all said and done, I just said, you know what, I'm, I think I'm going to retire. I think I'm going to step down. My body's talking to me a little bit. And uh, I'm going to take this opportunity to, to come into the front office.
0: You said something that I hadn't heard before, which is amazing that I hadn't heard this story before. But you mentioned the Kraft buys a team and he offers you this opportunity in the front office. Can you go back a little bit and – and relay this relate the story about when you found out the Kraft bought the team.
1: Wow. Well, you know it was funny. I we had heard in the off season, and uh, a couple of my teammates and I, we wanted to go play golf. We were actually down at the Breakers, and uh, we had heard Robert had the team, and so we're 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 playing golf, and all of a sudden we see a group of older gentlemen pull up behind us, and. They get out the cart and want to see what's the hold up, And we said, well, there's a group out there. And this guy says to us, guys look like football players. I said, yeah, yeah. We, you know, joking. I said, we played a little bit. He said, where? He said, um, New England. Patriots. New England Patriots. And before he could finish New England Patriots, he says, Bobby Kraft. God damn, he said, Bobby Kraft bought that team. That kid can turn shit into gold. We fell out on the tee box like it was nobody's business. And I laughed so hard. And it wasn't until later on, I, I think I retired. They did the retirement ceremony or, or the, the press conference in, in yeah. well, March or, or oh, April okay. or something like that when I finally decided. And uh, I tell the story to Robert. He falls out laughing. He, he's had me tell that story. Twenty times throughout the year. That's tremendous. And and but these and guys had us, and it's been true. Right. And, and the funny thing about it, though, hindsight being twenty twenty, when I heard them say that, I was like, hmm. And I've watched him through the years, with the building of the new stadium, getting Belichick here, uh, accomplishing the things that he said in his opening press conference. I bought this team to win championships, and and it's been – he turned shit into gold. <laughs> and it is the funniest thing, and I love telling people about it. And But these guys were, were, were something else. And obviously they have had some kind of business dealings with them, and they've watched him from afar because they immediately knew his, his pedigree. And I didn't know how involved in everything that he was doing. I always saw him and Myra around town at different uh, functions charity events they love coming to concerts I'd see them at a concert or something and go over and say hello and 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 I didn't even know him that he had the interest in, in interest of, of, of owning the team at the time and I mean I'm talking like 83 84 I met him one time when he was here he brought the Ashton Martin out and he and Pat had been talking I think that was around 80.
2: 788. Well, he started buying land here in 85. Whoa. And so he was angling to buy the Absolutely. team. You know, people always talk about, you know, well, he wouldn't have bought the team if Bill Parcells wasn't the coach. And I said, whoa. He was angling to buy the team for several years. Absolutely. I think, I mean, I, I've never asked Robert this, but I have to think the salary cap and that whole he financial so. structure. He says yeah, it. Yeah. Had wouldn't a lot to do it. with the timing. Wouldn't Absolutely. have done it. Absolutely.
0: Right. But, Tip, you're in the unique position of where you talked about how Robert um, or how this gentleman um, very interestingly described Robert's business acumen but you literally saw that. You were here when this place was nothing. Absolutely. And is it amazing to you to see from where you came and where it started. Again, 37 continuous years of service which is unbelievable by the way. Unbelievable. But 37 years of continuous service to see where it was and what it's come to, there are kids who come in today and go, oh, yeah, Patriots, Super Bowl champions, you know, and they can't appreciate what this right. was like you, can Absolutely. Absolutely. No, you, and, and you're right. I pinch myself a
1: lot, and I, I laugh, and, and and the fact that he's blessed me with the opportunity to be here this long has, has been awesome, and he and I, we, we, we often chat a little bit. Just, you know, he thanks me for, for being here, and I'm like, oh, no, no. I thank you for the opportunity, and, and and it's amazing because as you say, I was here from 1982 until uh, presently now, now yeah. and I again I was in the old stadium. I got in my car and we drove a mile or two to practice, and uh, for lunch we had to take a ride down the street and go buy a, a, a sandwich and bring back to the to the locker room to eat, and I I I fight for. For socks, and, and and I'm like, all of a sudden, now you know, we, we got the Taj Mahal of uh, stadiums, and we have uh, a dining uh, room. A, we have a dining room that I can go down now, and, and, and I tell the guys about the dining room story, and they're like, No way. I'm like, Yeah, way, way, way. <laughs> and I said, It's a constant reminder to me that you know how cool it's been. And I share it with all my old teammates, and they because they're always that, How is it? T- I said, Man, if we had a, had this opportunity. I said, there's no telling
2: how good, how far we, 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 we may have gone. Mm. Let me go back a little bit because I would be remiss if we didn't ask you about Lawrence Taylor. So you mentioned you weren't one of Parcell's guys. Well, clearly LT was one of his guys. Here's a quote from Eric Dickerson, Hall of Fame running back, talking about you. He was a great, great player, talking about LT, but I think Andre Tippett was as great a linebacker as LT. Uh Hall of Fame guard Joe DeLamalur. A lot of guys thought he was better than Lawrence Taylor. He's definitely one of the best outside linebackers who ever played. The comparisons to LT. What's your thought on those? Well, you know, it's just like
1: ringling circus. You know, you want to bring attention to the party. You want to you want to get in that that conversation with people. And I I. Originally, when, when, I, when I first made the, the, the statement and, 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 and someone asked me, you know, well, what do you see yourself in? And, and I think that I threw it out there that, you know, um, I basically was looking at it as I do the same things that he does. I said, and I didn't even go to the point of, well, he's consistently had a great offensive line, great defensive backs to support him, scheme that supported him. And, you know, I often talked about, I just played straight left outside linebacker. And I wasn't a designated rusher. I wasn't an edge rusher or anything like that. I was part of a 3-4 defense that sometimes I dropped in the coverage. Sometimes I played the run. Sometimes I was asked to blitz. And I just took pride in the ability to be able to get that done. So all of a sudden, you know, you're seeing LT. Obviously, you know, coming in in 1982, LT came in 81. You're watching the things that he's doing. And I'm like, well, it's really not much different than what I'm doing. And so with that being said, you know, all of a sudden we, we you know, not that he and I ever personally go at it or anything like that, but the media is picking up on it. And they're talking and they're like, well, do you think you consider yourself to be as good as uh, LT? I said, absolutely. Absolutely. I once had a defensive coach of mine. Said to me, he looked at me one time, and he said, "If I ever, ever hear you compare yourself to LT, I'm gonna have a problem with you." He didn't mean it as in you shouldn't be doing that. He was saying other things, and I didn't, you know, I, I just, I, so I've I've, left, I've never really shared that with people, but he said he, he said some things to me, and it, and after he said that. I stopped having the conversation with anybody ever again because, because you I was, felt good about. I felt good about what my defensive coach had yeah. said to me,
0: and I'm like,
1: okay, all
0: right, all right. Well, but it's 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 kind of an easy thing to figure out, you know. Year apart, one's playing in the media capital of the country, right. okay. Who then becomes gets on a team that has some? The team has success. You had it one year, really. You know they won a Super Bowl in '86. He's got a Superman cape and jersey on and part of that team. They win it again in '90, and he's off to the races. You know, but the comparison was not fair, though it happened, and he waltzes into the Hall of Fame because he's LT and the Giants and everything like that. And you got to fight, and you got to scrap, and you got to wait. Yeah, were you pissed?
1: In the beginning, yeah, I was because I was like, you know, I, I'm like, I, I thought I did everything that I needed to do, and you know, I, you know, I learned a lot through the years, and you know, I ain't putting anybody on the on the spot, but I knew when we were playing during that era of time that I was on, the field, I knew guys had guys that they could, if they needed to make a phone call. And let them know and share information with these guys and different th- things like that within the media. I was never like that. I know. Had I maybe had I, you know, I'm, I'm like, well, did I miss out on something? We were, were you an a-hole? <laughs> you know, I, yeah. I said, and, and I wasn't an a-hole, but uh, you yeah, know, I was quiet. And I, there were times that I'd, I'd be all standoffish. But you know, I, I knew guys, there were a lot of guys that are in the Hall of Fame. I knew they had guys that would carry their water for them. and I didn't have I wasn't anybody's boy I didn't have I, didn't, I wasn't you know I, I, did, I didn't have that guy I didn't have somebody that, you know.
0: Is that a pride thing? Did you take pride in that maybe that you didn't have anybody to do that for you?
1: I, 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 I believe so because I would hear guys in the locker room and you know I would hear conversations that take place I would read articles in, in the newspaper and I said well the only way that could be in a newspaper is somebody in this locker room and I said, I'll never put myself in that position to do that. And, and I know a lot of guys that did. And, you know.
0: So uh, the politics of the whole process, that probably soured you. Or you oh, lear- You're talking about learning a lot. You know, the politics of, hey, it sounds to me what you're saying is, you know what? I played for 12 years. I'll take what I did in 12 years. Franchise leader in sacks. We did what we did. Thirty-five I'm
2: gonna, I'm, over a two-year period. Right, I'm, I'm going to let history. my
0: statistics speak for themselves. But Absolutely. you know what? I'm not going to go up to this guy or that guy or ask call this one or you know, that's just not who I uh. am. And if that's the way it falls, that's a shame. Absolutely, that's a shame.
1: It it really was, and and I heard a story, and I and and just not to name names, but the situation went like this in a meeting. Select selection meeting. Particular player that wasn't the person that spoke on behalf of the player was lived in one town and the player played somewhere else, and that particular media person stood up and said, he said the player's name, rattled off some statistics, and he said, if he doesn't get into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. I'm going to quit. And he walked out the room. That person got in, first ballot. Hmm.
0: I thought I'd I'd heard something about that, like with Elway, that somebody that whoever was presenting Elway, that he just stood up and said, John Elway, and sat down.
1: I've heard that story, too. So I didn't have anybody that went to bat for me. The person that said that should have been the person that, when it was time to present me, that, Put up a fight to say, you know what, this kid here deserves it. This so, kid here has worked hard to get to where he's
0: at. So it's become a huge production now, um, as is with everything in the National Football League, as you've seen over your career. We're now the president of the Hall of Fame is trolling through hotel lobbies, and if you get a knock on <laughs> your trolling. door, if you get a <laughs> knock on your door, that means you get in. But if the phone rings, it means you get out. It's really <laughs> kind kind of convoluted. Uh-huh. But I think Brian and I were fortunate enough to be at a point in time. Where we're in Arizona, it's Super Bowl Forty Two, and we're in the hotel lobby, you know? And it's a Saturday before the game, and and naturally the focus is on the game because the Patriots are playing the Giants yeah. that first Super Bowl, and everybody's thinking about that. Can they cap off the perfect season? But there's, I don't know, Tip, 20 of us, 40 of us, and we're standing around, what, this 35-, 40-inch TV in the hotel lobby, right. and you have no idea whether you're going to get in or not, and you're sitting there. You're like a nervous canary in a cat house, you know? And it was... Un- I'll never forget it, was, it I as won't far either. as... I won't either. As, as, whenever, like, we're watching this. That doesn't happen today. I understand it's 12 years later. But here's a guy who's literally waiting for his Hall of Fame fate to be announced. And you're finding out live on television. Right. And, we're and, talking about and a his arms still up in the air. Right. <laughs> what was that like for you?
1: Woo, that was... Uh... It was, it was amazing because uh, it was, well, one, it was the greatest, greatest moment of my life, man. I mean, there have been a lot of special things that have happened to me, and I've been really fortunate to be in the right place right the right time. But that supersedes everything, man, because it was amazing. It's the highest honor that a former player can receive after he's retired from football. When he's done... There isn't anything else you can you can get after you. you are done playing the game. And if you've played it at a high level then to receive that 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 Hall of Fame call. So, I'm out with the kids and we're playing and 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 all of a sudden someone says, "Well, you know you getting ready to make the announcement." And I didn't even think much about it at that time and like and they said, you want to go see it? I'm like, yeah. So we go sit out in the, in the, in the lobby down in that's, I yeah. said, let's just sit right here and watch the, the TV on. Yep. An, and I was, um, I was chomping at the bits and it was, um, it was special. And when I heard my name, I, 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 I cried like a baby. It, it, it was what I tell people. I cried like a baby the year before. And I was at home by myself. My, my, my wife and the kids had gone out and done some things, and they're like, oh, I said, I'm going to just sit here and watch. And and, and I literally, and when they made the final announcement in 07, I was sitting in my house, in my living room. I had tears and snot coming out of my eyes, and it was, it was it was just, I was like, all right, all right, okay, you're all right, get over this. So next year, 08, it happens. Again, I'm crying like a baby snot coming out of my nose, and I'm just, you know, so... Both times, good and bad, you know, it, it was it was awesome. I I appreciated the opportunity. It, it really was cool. I sent thank you notes in 07 to every voter who voted for me or not. Didn't care. The fact that I got that opportunity to be considered at that time. Thank you, and I appreciate and I know it was a bunch of people that probably didn't vote for me, didn't care. But I did the same thing in 08. I took thank you notes after I'd gotten in. We were in Hawaii for the Pro Bowl when they were going to introduce us. Thank you notes. Sat in my hotel room. My wife's like, we're going out to dinner. I said, honey, I need, I need another hour, and then we can go out to dinner. And I hand wrote thank you notes to every voter on the committee just this is what it meant to me
0: but uh, that's that's your mom <coughs> that's your mom telling you what to do what's right mm-hmm. and that's a kid learning from a parent like this is the right thing to do absolutely and that's a lesson that i guess i'm not guess i would bet that that's a lesson you've passed down to your kids
1: absolutely Absolutely. Anytime they get anything, you don't you don't miss that
2: opportunity to thank the person that did whatever they did for you. It goes a long way. So, Andre, you know, <clears throat> you and John, lifelong Patriots in Bonacanti, Haynes. And now we've had some other guys like Bill Parcells and Curtis Martin and Randy Moss. Last year, Ty Law goes in, the first one from the Super Bowl era teams. Mm. Obviously, Tom will go in. Bill will go in. Do you think any other? Richard's a finalist this year. Richard Seymour. Yeah. Do you think anybody? Do you think Richard gets in, and then anybody beyond Ty, Bill, and Tom? I think
1: that Richard gets in. I, I like to think that Richard gets in this year. Um, <clears throat> you know what a football player. And, I mean, you look at his credentials, I mean, you look at everything that he's done, how does he not get in? Now, I understand that, you know, it comes, it gets close, and I know that if there are two guys at the same position, sometimes one, you can exit each other out, so that may have what been what happened last year. Um, <clears throat> the fact that he's, again, finalists, I, 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 I'm, I've I been rooting Hard for him. I I like him. I like him as a a, a football player. I like what he did here. Um, And I I, I like his credentials. I mean, you look at what he's done, man. I mean, he...
0: On a team with a great defense, he was the best defensive player on that team. Now, he didn't have the stats because he had to take on two guys. You know what, though?
2: One of my favorite stories about Richard, and I've told him this, was in 2003, Lawyer Malloy gets traded. You know, he's in his what? Third year. Right. Loyal Malloy gets traded five days before the start of the season, signs with Buffalo. They go to Buffalo, lose 31 to nothing. The following week, Tom Jackson's on ESPN makes the famous they hate their coach comment. And they go out and hammer Philadelphia that day in a 4 o'clock game, and all the talk in the locker room was not about the game but about Tom Jackson's comments. And that week, Richard stood up and became a leader on that team and really had Bills back. And talked about the fact that we don't care what anyone outside says. We know what we think. And that's a bunch of bull. Mm. And I thought that was a moment for Richard where he became a voice of this team. He was maybe the best player on the field, defensive player on the field, his rookie year in the Super Bowl. 100%. Right. So he was already a really good player, Pro Bowl player. And I thought that's when he became more than that. Right
1: no no i i i i agree with you 100 percent. i mean uh, the, the the guy you know he's a good football player who, who who played great i i think that uh he would make anybody that play with him look good and so do guys make players around him better does
2: richard did you make players around you better
1: i like to think the players around me made me better uh when I was playing. Yeah, but when we
2: write about so I'm gonna from a media perspective, when I'm writing about, you know, the guy who plays opposite you, who was Don Blackman. Right. Okay. If I was covering those teams, I may be Don Blackman might be playing well, but that's because they had doing this to Andre Tipp. Right. So in that way, you're making other players better because they have to game plan for you. Right. You can ruin the game as Bill would say. Did do you think did you have that effect? Did Richard have that effect?
1: I think Richard had that effect. I mean, this guy was a, a, a man child out there. I mean, you put your hands on—I used to run up behind him and touch him, and he felt like a block of steel. I, and I don't say that, you know, to sound funny, or—but or, or, he was a—he was a. he was a, I said, I, I, when I touched him one time, he and I—we used to do the uh, videotapes, uh, technique stuff. And tip I had, and tip. A, yeah, I had, I had, <laughs> uh, I had him out there one day, and we were out there for about an hour. And I just said to myself, man, if I had to go against this guy for 40 snaps and play for 60 minutes, I'd be shaking in my boots at some point because at some point he's just going to run over you. Mm -hmm. And it it was just, you know, to see him, to be around him, to know him like I do, and then to see him play. Um, Yeah, guys, you you can make guys
0: look good. So he gets your endorsement. He belongs in the club. I absolutely believe he does. So, Brian, let's wrap this thing up here, and I'm going to wrap it up with a quote that I'm pretty sure Tip's familiar with, with his, from his boss, <laughs> um, and that's uh, Robert Kraft, who is very fond of saying about himself, not bad for a kid from Fuller Street. When you look back, 37 years continues to the organization. Okay, maybe you didn't win the Super Bowls when you were playing, but you've been a part of something really, really special here, Tip. Do you look back and say not bad for a kid from Newark?
1: Not bad for a kid from Newark. I truly do. I mean, I, I grew up in an era and a time where didn't have a whole lot. And it was uh, things weren't easy for me in my life. I mean, I could have I been somebody sticking somebody up, but I chose to be a good listener as a young man growing up, I, 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 I develop a passion for something that, um, after being cut, that I enjoyed. I'm like, I think I can play this game. Never playing Pop Warner, never any of that stuff. Didn't play until high school. Have an opportunity to follow my my, 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 my passion, play with a purpose, and I was fortunate to be around some right people, and I'm still around right people right now, and why I'm still here. Specifically right now. Specifically right now. And... Uh, not bad, not bad at all. I mean, I pinched myself a few times, uh, and, it, and it's amazing. And I, I represent Newark, New Jersey. I'm, I am. Uh, I like to think that I'm an example of what what comes of good decisions in your life. And you know, as a youth, as a young adult, as an older man, I still like to think that I've set
0: the example. Uh, and I'm just fortunate to, to be part of this party. His name is Andre Tippett. He is, Brian, is the um, executive director of the Hall of Fame, the best defensive player in Patriots football history. Tip.